Open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter number 6. As everybody knows, we've been talking about different characters, different people uh, in the book of Proverbs until the Awana clubs in their year in the first Wednesday night after Memorial Day. Well, then we're going to back up and just start verse by verse studying Proverbs. I had really intended... I think I had nine or ten messages in this series that I had wanted to bring before then, and I think this is probably, you see, one, two, three, four, this is only the fifth or the sixth due to the Wednesday nights that I've that I've missed. So we haven't got to talk about all of the different people, but we'll 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 do that at another time. It'll it'll have another short series or something and where it fits in. But at least it's given you some idea as to a good way to study the book of Proverbs, I think. If you just go through there and uh, look at these different characters uh, that are mentioned, and it helps us not only to learn something about human nature in general, it helps us to take a just a good, long, hard look at ourselves and that is essential to our spiritual growth. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about the the prideful person. And one of our biggest problems is that we don't recognize we have a problem. It's really amazing how easy it is for any of us to deceive ourselves because it's always easier for us to see the faults of other people than it is to see our own and, uh, you know, I suspect most of us like to think that, you know, that we're past that prideful state, that we don't have a problem with it. And, uh, but do you know why we think that way? Pride. I mean, that, that's exactly what it is. Uh, whenever a person gets proud of their humility, they've got a problem. And so... I remember several years ago I was preaching a message on pride in, in, in the beginning, and I had to search a while to come up with this, looking through my notebooks and what have you, but I finally found that just some questions that uh, uh, to take a little test, to, you know, put, examine ourselves about this. And I, I jotted down eight things. Does it irritate you when someone points out your faults? Think about that. Do you always have an excuse for your failures? Do you find it difficult to seek or accept counsel? Number four, do you accept praise for things you didn't do? Number five, do you have an ungrateful spirit? Number six, do you have an overly competitive attitude? Number seven, do you rejoice over the successes of others? Number eight, do you get angry or bitter when things don't go your way? Now, I'll tell you what, if you will honestly answer those questions and, and in your honesty you are forced to say, yeah, that's me, uh, that's a pride problem. And it's a serious problem. Now, in just a little bit, we're going to look at five things about the prideful person that helps us to describe pride, to define what it is, 
But before we do that, I want you to think about the negative aspect of this because a lot of times I think people get confused. Uh, you know, I, I've heard people say, you know, you, you say something like, you know, I'm really proud of you. You graduated from high school or something. And uh, a lot of people don't understand that just like the word covet, you can, as Paul said, earnestly covet the best gifts. So, you know, the word covet can be used in a good way as well as a bad way. And the word pride can be used in the same way. But rejoicing over honor given isn't pride. That's not pride because it makes you happy that honor was given. Satisfaction of a job well done is not necessarily pride. Concern for your appearance is not necessarily pride. Speaking about the blessings of God isn't necessarily pride. And and a lot of times, you know, we look at someone that... uh, uh, that might do those things, and we jump to the conclusion, well, that's just the pride in their heart. So let's talk about <clears throat> pride and what it and what it is towards others. I'm just going to try to sum it up in one ball of wax here. Toward others, it's uh, an attitude or a feeling of superiority. We're better than they are. We're smarter than they are. But toward God, it's an attitude of self-sufficiency as though we really don't need God to tell us what to do. We really don't need Him to, you know, to put such tight controls on our life because, you know, we've got enough talent and enough smarts that, you know, we can do it ourselves. So it it thinks we're, it causes us to think we're better than others and that we don't really need God. Now look in chapter 6 of Proverbs. I'm going to mention five things tonight. And the first thing that we need to notice is that pride provokes deity. Pride provokes deity. Chapter 6, verse number 16. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. And notice how this begins. A proud, a proud look. Chapter 16 now and verse number 5. Chapter 16, verse number 5. Everyone that is proud in heart is, notice, an abomination to the Lord. Oh, that makes it pretty serious, amen? You know, I've heard a lot of people say, and and especially, you know, where I come from and, you know, the age I am and our mindset years ago and uh, and where it talks about men wearing that that pertaineth to women. and, And I'm not going there. We're not going to have a discussion on that and what have you. But the Bible says it's an abomination for a man to wear that which pertains to a woman and we're not going to define what's what there just don't don't let your mind drift and get all bent out of shape about that i'm not talking about that i'm talking about the fact that it is called an abomination and listen i've known people over the years that i mean they would get so bent out of shape because a woman maybe even an unsaved woman some woman would dare to wear a pair of slacks even though they might have been loose-fitting and modest and what have you have on a pair of slacks and they'd get all bent out of shape over that and at the same time think nothing about the pride that is in their heart. You know, we're we've independent, unaffiliated, fundamental Baptists over the years have been really good at that, really good at having a bad attitude about things like that. You know, it's so easy to condemn the sin of others and to condone our own sin 
So, so understand, when it comes to the matter of pride, this is something that's serious in the sight of God. And notice Solomon said that God hates a proud look. He says that's an abomination to him. And that word abomination means that it's something that's loathsome to God. It's a, a detestable to God, sinister. It is repulsive to God. And so that tells us what God thinks about pride. And, you know, we might ask ourselves, is that the way we feel about pride? You say, well, I sure do. I can't stand to be around those proud people. I'm not talking about those proud people. I'm talking about you and me. I'm talking about us. Do you feel that way about the pride that is in your heart? And about the time you think you've got it conquered, you know what happens? Something happens to make you prideful. And whenever it happens and we recognize it, we realize it's there, the first thing we need to do is realize this shouldn't be there. It's an abomination to God. He hates it. It makes God sick to his stomach, as it were. So this is not something we ought to ignore, not something that we ought to excuse. It's not something that we ought to joke about. It's something that we need to deal with because pride is an awful sin in God's sight makes us think we're better than others and that we're self-sufficient and we don't really need God all that much. So pride provokes deity. Secondly, pride proves our depravity. And, well, there's so many different verses related to this. I'm not going to take time to run through here and look at every verse that refers to it. We just nailed it down. If it provokes deity, it's what? It's sinful, right? And that is evidence of our depravity. A lot of people would say, for example, they say, well, you know, I've never murdered anyone. And they would be honest about that. And they could testify, I've never murdered anyone. I've, I've never robbed a bank. I've never done any of those things. And, and yet I don't think any of us could honestly say there's never been any time in my life where my heart was filled with pride because we all have a propensity to be uh, to be proud. And uh, anybody that says, you know, they're not is just not being honest. This is proof of our depravity. You trace it all of the way back uh, to the Garden of Eden. And in fact, you go back to Lucifer himself, and we see pride involved in that. It is evidence of man's depravity. Although you haven't done all of these other things, there's not one person can say, I've never had a problem with pride. And that proves that we are, are sinful in the sight of God. That proves that we come short of the glory of God, that we don't measure up to His righteous standard. And that's true of every single person on the earth. Now look in chapter number 13, and we're, we just of necessity have to jump around here and look at different verses as they relate to this. And the third thing here is that pride produces dissension. Verse number 10 it says only, and I've underlined that word in my Bible, only, only. Think about this now, because every fuss, every fight, every argument you're in, somewhere or another, pride's involved. Only by pride cometh contention. Now look in chapter 25 and verse number 10. Chapter 25 and verse number 10. And, and again, we see uh, basically the... Uh, the same thing, chapter 25, verse number 10. 
Now, that's not the verse I'm looking for, so just, we, I can't find it right now, but we'll just leave it at that. Pride produces dissension. Well, we live in a world filled with dissension. I mean, every place you look, somebody is arguing with someone about something. There's no way to get away from it. I, I mean, everywhere, and, and behind all of that madness is what? Pride. Every argument. I, I remember several years ago we had a church member that, that and, and they'd, him and his wife had been married several years, and I'll never forget him standing up and saying that we've never had an argument, we've never had an argument since we've been married. And, you know, I bit my tongue, I didn't say anything, but I still don't believe him. I, I, I just, I, I just, I, I don't believe that. Now, you know, they might have dealt with it in a godly manner and what have you, but I don't think any two people can be married for any length of time without having an argument or a debate about something. And the culprit behind all of this is what? Pride. Because, you know, we get hurt feelings and there's arguments, there's fights. Now, naturally, that leads on to other things. There are divorces, churches split because of pride, wars are, are started because of pride, all of those things. So pride produces Dissension. So if we can get all of the pride out of our heart, you know, we'll have, we'll have peace and stability in our families and, and in the Lord's church. There's just nothing more devastating, for example, to a church than to, to get pride involved. Uh, and, you know, whether it's regardless of what you're doing, getting to that point that, you know, you feel you're superior to other people and you don't need God and you've got your act all together and nobody else does. And uh, I started writing an article the other day and it was basically about that very thing. You know, I keep giving away what I'm going to write about and I don't want to do that, but it had to do with that very thing. You know, if we're not careful within the church, we can develop a little click and, boy, we are really friendly you know we are we are really together but it only extends out to here and we we've got to be on our guard constantly that that we in, open our arms and embrace all of our church family not just part of them uh, it, it's essential that we do that and the thing that hinders us from doing that is what it's pride because we want to draw these bounds of limitations, you know, and we want to uh, enclose ourselves in our little group, and uh, we don't let anybody else in because, you know, well, for whatever reason, maybe we think they don't measure up to our standard, and that is so foolish. I mean, how in the world can we be so judgmental of someone else, even with all of their shortcomings? How can we condemn them when God accepted us as sinful as we are? We don't have any room for dissension whatsoever. And I'll never forget the story about the woman. She came to her pastor, and she was just in tears. And she said, you know, Brother Pastor, I've just got to talk to you about this. And so they went to the office and sat down and began to talk. And she said, uh, she said Pastor, she said, you know, I, I've, I've got to admit, I've got a problem with pride. She said, uh, 
he said, I, you know, I, I look, look at others, the other women in the church, and she said, you know, I, I think I'm the prettiest woman in the church. And all of a sudden the preacher started laughing, and she <laughs> looked at him, and he said to her, said, Mary, 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 said, you don't need to worry about it. said, that, that, that's not pride. That's just a horrible mistake. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're, not, we're not nearly as pretty and good as, as we'd like to think we are. And usually everybody else can see it, you know, before we do. So pride produces dissension. And, and, you know, the Bible tells us to strive together for what? For peace, right? And to dwell together in unity. Well, if we're going to do that, there's no room for pride. Well, number four, pride promotes dishonor. Chapter number 11, chapter 11 and verse number 2. When pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. Now, chapter 15 and verse number 33 the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And notice before honor is what? Humility. Chapter number 29 and verse number 23 is another verse I jotted down in this regards. It says here, a man's pride shall what? Bring him low. You know, more than anything else, a, a proud person wants to be admired. They want to be applauded. They want to be honored. But the very thing that causes people to desire those things keep them from getting what they want. Because generally speaking, you know, most people, you know, despise those that are proud because why? Well, because we know God hates pride. You know, I think back over the years, and I'm sure not a perfect example by any stretch of the imagination but I can think back right now to certain uh, certain preacher friends that I've got that I love dearly. But I've I've got some fellows that I've known for years and years now that I'd never have come and hold a revival meeting, for example. Good preachers, some of them are scholars, uh, but <laughs> but preachers can have a problem with pride just as much as anybody else. And when it is so obvious and goes on so long and everybody knows about it, evidently, but them, uh, look, that's a serious problem. And, and it's, it's obvious that they're wanting to be honored. I could, I could tell you some stories of preachers and the things that they have said and, and, and they, they, they want to be, you know, one of the big shot, big time preachers. Uh, and, and if they can't, you know, they, uh, they're not going to be happy until they get there. And they do all kinds of, well, in Missouri, we'd say they pull all kinds of shenanigans trying to get their name in the headlines and uh, determine that they're going to make a name for themselves. And they don't understand. The very thing that they want so badly is the thing that's keeping them from getting there. That they would humble themselves and just be content to do what God wants them to do and do it with a spirit of humility. They would receive the honor that they desire so much. But because of the pride that's in their heart 
and 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 it's the manifestation of that pride to others. It causes people to resent them rather than to rather than to honor them. And look, it works the same way with all of us. A lot of marital strife is created by that you know that very thing whether it's the man or whether it's the woman or whoever it is whenever pride's involved you know after a while why it's going to create problems and you know i've had people say well you know my wife just doesn't respect me preacher don't you think she ought to respect me well yeah i think she ought to respect you but you know usually whenever you hear that it's kind of like do you want me to give you a dozen reasons why she doesn't respect you because there's usually a reason for that. And, uh, and so it's that pride that's involved that keeps us from getting the attention and the respect and the honor that we desperately crave. Now, let's talk about one other thing. And I've got to wrap it up. Chapter number 15 and verse number 25. And, and I want you to notice carefully what Solomon says. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud. I, I don't know, most of the, maybe some of you men can identify with this. In every school, there's a tough guy. There are more than one, but some tough guys. You know, and, I, and back whenever I was growing up, the, the amazing thing, the other night, Bev and I was talking about something, and, This is all on tape, though, isn't it? I, I, I'm, I, I, I'll try to abbreviate this because, uh, because I, I know people that are listening, and especially even the brother to this fellow that I would be talking about. I, I did something horrible and embarrassing back when I was in high school to hurt somebody, and it was totally uncalled for. And the only reason I did that was to try to let everybody know I was a tough guy, you know. And took advantage of the weakness of somebody else to do that. And to this day, I, you know, I know, yeah, God's forgiven me, but to this day I can't get some of that stuff out of my mind. I lay in bed at night thinking about it many times. Why, why did I do that? But it's done. Now, what I'm trying to say is... In every school, and this is more of a problem with boys than it is girls, or at least it used to be, there's some tough guy that you don't want to mess with. And, uh, you know, if you've ever received that threat, tell so-and-so I'm going to meet him after school out there on the playground or across the street at the store or, you know, wherever it is. (laughs) And you know this guy's probably just going to clean your plow. And, I mean, this is the last guy in school you'd want to fight with. And uh, you know he's waiting for you down on the corner. Well, you want to do everything in your power to try to avoid that situation, right? I mean, we had a kid in junior high school, I tell you what, they were sending high school kids over trying to trying to whip that guy. He whipped everybody. I don't think he ever lost a fight, went into the Marines, fought Ninety-some fights, boxing in the Marines, never lost about ever. His name was James Mix, and I want to tell you what, that's the last dude I would, I would have wanted to mess with. I knew James well, and we were, you know, classmates, but nobody wanted to mess with him. 
Now, I'm saying all that for a reason. Now, I want you to notice what he says here in verse, number, in verse number 25. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud. We're not talking about the threat of the neighborhood bully. We're not talking about the tough kid in school. We're talking about God. And this is a warning and this is a threat that God will destroy the house of the proud. If we've got pride in our heart, we're going to bring pain on our family. It's going to happen because God's going to deal with it. And, and you know, the, the unsaved world might get by with that kind of nonsense for a while because their judgment day is coming someday. But with you and I, there's no getting by with it. Somebody said, well, you know, if I believe like you Baptists do in eternal security, you know, I'd just sin all I want to. Well, of course, you know the answer. We do. We sin more than we want to. But they don't understand. They think that we're going to get by with it simply because we have eternal salvation. We don't get by with it. Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son that he receives. And if we be without chastisement, he says, we are bastards and not sons. If we're truly a child of God, out of the will of God, if there's pride in our heart, we're going to get hurt, and we're going to end up getting other people hurt in the process. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. It's going to happen sooner or later. And, and so pride is destructive. Pride precedes destruction. It destroys nations and families and churches uh, and, and individuals. So it destroys everything that it touches. The only solution is what? A right relationship with God that enables us to have a right relationship with everybody else. You know, and that starts with our acknowledgement of the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. And that's why you hear over and over again, this week I posted something on Facebook that had to do with the sinfulness of the society that we live in, and a friend of mine put a comment on there, Second, uh, Second Chronicles seven fourteen, And, uh, you know, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wi- wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sins, I'll heal their land. Uh, well, he's exactly right. And you hear this all of the time, us talking about, you know, our great need of turning to God. But how does all of that happen? Where does it start? If my people shall, what, humble themselves. Uh, God's not going to tolerate pride in our heart. The only solution is humility. And that's taking our rightful place before God and putting others before ourselves, realizing that like, like the song says, we're just a sinner saved by grace. Boy, I'll tell you, if, if everything we have is the result of grace, we don't have anything to be proud about. Uh, John DeLorean, to me this was interesting because John DeLorean, of course, uh, uh, the the only place, I guess, where you can still get his cars uh, basically is right here uh, over by where we used to live. That I don't know what you call that, a car lot or whatever it is. They've got all the DeLoreans. But uh, whenever his uh, company failed and there was a cocaine conspiracy trial, a divorce from his wife that was a model and all of that, 
And he made this statement, and I jotted it down. He said, I believe I deserve what happened to me. The deadliest sin is pride. I was arrogant, uh, an egomaniac. I needed this. As difficult as it was to get my perspective back. I don't know that man or hardly anything about that man, but I'll tell you what, whenever he got his wake-up call, he was exactly right. You know, here's a man that you could say basically lost lost everything of, of this world, but he says, I, I needed that to wake me up and to realize that that it was pride in my heart that was ruining my life. And folks, listen, it'll ruin your life too. God said he will destroy the house of the proud. Put yourself out of harm's way in a safe place. Humble yourselves before the Lord. And if we do, the promise is what? He said, I will lift you up. Amen. Let's all stand together.